0: Today, we're continuing our studies in Proverbs called Life Hacks. And I think Life Hacks is a kind of an interesting uh, title to give to all of this. Our our whole life has been hacked in these last uh, couple of months, it seems to me, through the pandemic. But what we're looking at uh, in this series and what we're going to look at today is wisdom. And uh, what I'd love to ask you today is to think about what is it that makes you wise? I've been thinking about that, trust me, for a couple of weeks, what has made me wise. And uh, I want to look at Proverbs eight, but uh, as we look at uh, that eighth chapter, what I fully realize is that in order to understand chapter eight, you got to look at chapter seven. In order to understand fully chapter eight, you got to look at chapter nine. So everything is always in context, right? And so, uh, sometime today or uh, later, then read through those couple of chapters to to help pinpoint us towards. Uh, the truth that I'm gonna offer you today from these scriptures. Sometimes I think wisdom is best expressed by children. I wanna show you a little video clip that I have watched, I don't know, probably 50 times. Uh, uh, It brings me great joy, but in this little video, you'll see uh, wisdom expressed through the vulnerability and pragmatic nature of a child. Watch.
1: 20 things we should say more often. Number 20, thank you. And not just on Thanksgiving, every day. Number 19, excuse me. Number 18, here's a surprise corn dog that I bought you because you're my friend. There'll be more corn dogs, The more happy people. This is a good idea. Corn dog for you, corn dog for you, corn dog for you. Number 17, I'm sorry. Number 16, I forgive you. Number 15, you can do it but don't say it if it's something they can't do. Number 14. Another thing that we should say more often, I have barbecue sauce in my shirt too. Before you say something about the barbecue sauce on somebody else's shirt, take a look at the barbecue sauce on your own shirt. Number 13. Please. Number 12. Everything is going to be okay. Number 11. Oh, you got me a corn dog too? You shouldn't have, buddy. Number 10. I don't know. I know a lot of people who need to say that. My sister. <laughs> Number nine. You're so awesome I named my dog after you. Wait, oh, wait, wait. That could hurt someone's feelings. I mean boat. I named my boat after you. Wait, who even have the boat? You're so awesome I legally changed my name to yours. Wait, that's super creepy. It, it, just tell people they're awesome and mean it. Number eight. Hello, person that i never met before. Here's a high five. Number seven. My sports team is not always the best sports team. It takes a big man to say that. Number six. Nothing. Sometimes that's the best thing you can say. Number five. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything, but it's just really funny. <laughs> Number four. I disagree with you, but I still like you as a person who is a human being and I'll treat you like that. Because if I didn't, it would make everything bad. And that's what lots of people do and it's lame. I need a water break, y'all. It's okay to disagree, but it's not okay to be mean. Number three. Sometimes you just gotta scream. Number two. Life is tough, but so are you. Sometimes we all need to be reminded to keep going. Number one, something nice, anything. If you can't think of anything nice to say, you're not thinking hard enough. So what about you? What do you think people should say more often?
0: As we see in that little video, wisdom takes uh, many forms, doesn't it? Uh, Over the years, my wife and I, Judy, have had lots of conversations about my wisdom and how wise I think I am. And uh, as she reminds me, when I graduated from seminary, prepared for ministry, I was probably at the height of my sense of my own wisdom. Uh, I thought I was pretty sharp uh, when I left seminary. I had everything that I needed. I I was, uh, I thought, uh, incredibly wise, ready to attack the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was gonna change everybody, and uh, I possessed all the wisdom that I needed to conquer the world before me. And to be honest with you, it's taken me a long time to figure out that I really am not that wise. I'm really not that smart. And the way that uh, I kind of have come to think about it is uh, I'm now in a place that I know what I don't know that I thought I knew uh, years ago and now understanding that I didn't know any of that. And so even that expression probably gives you a good clue to the sense of wisdom that I have. Um, Well, what is wisdom? Well, I've come to the conclusion these last couple of weeks in thinking about this, that wisdom isn't what you know, but wisdom is really how you live. Wisdom is a lifestyle. It's the stuff that's up here. How is this lived out? And I think that's the whole purpose of Proverbs. That's the whole purpose of Scripture. That's the whole purpose of our walk with Jesus Christ. It's getting inside us the wisdom and the truth of God and letting it be expressed. In the last couple of days, I've had the opportunity to visit with a, an old friend of mine uh, who is facing death and it's imminent. We're, we're waiting any day to hear. And uh, I spent a bit of time uh, with him this week. And it, it was uh, it was really a very touching moment for me to to watch him and to watch him interact. I've known him for well over 30 years. And he has always been, to me, an incredibly wise man. And his wisdom, to me, has always come in the clarity of his relationship with Jesus Christ. In the best moments of his life, he was very close to Jesus and he knew how to express that. And when uh, he was confronted with cancer, he had that same strength and that same sense of wisdom that he's always had and just watching him interact uh, with his family, uh, that same sense of wisdom came through. But then I also saw it uh, in his family, in his wife and his daughter, as they had these conversations with him. And I thought to myself watching it, what an amazing moment that is to see that uh, the strength of faith that he has always exhibited in living his life and now facing death has given strength and encouragement to his family And that, to me, is wisdom. That's the essence of what wisdom is. So what is the source of that wisdom? Well, I think what Solomon lets us know in Proverbs is that wisdom is not something that comes from the world. Wisdom isn't even something that comes from Solomon's pen or from his heart or from his voice. But wisdom can only come from God. And then the way that that wisdom is best expressed, I think, is in Jesus Christ. You know, Paul, writing to the Corinthians in the first chapter of 1 Corinthians uh, in 24 says this. He says, But to those whom God has called, both Greeks and Jews, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Isn't that great? Christ is the wisdom of God. And there we have the statement made. And then a little bit later in verse 30, he said, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us, who has become for us wisdom from God. And what is that wisdom? That is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. So uh, wisdom, it's a lifestyle. It's how we live our life. Uh, It is a life that is filled with righteousness, a righteousness that is a gift of God. It is a holiness, it is uh, being put apart, set aside by God, and it is our redemption. Ultimately, the point of thanksgiving for us, our salvation. Well, I wanna read to you now from the text uh, that we're gonna be looking at. And again, it's a little bit long, but hey, that's how life is. In uh, Proverbs 8, I wanna begin with verse 22. And to me, over the years, every time I've read this, I know this is about wisdom. A personification of wisdom but I can't help but think this is a description of Jesus and so I'm allowed to look back to this text through New Testament eyes and here's what the text says the Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old I was formed ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be When there were no watery depths, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before He made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, I was there when He set the heavens in place. When He marked out the horizons on the face of the deep, when He established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when He gave the sea its boundary, so the waters would not overstep his command. And when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day and rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instructions and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death." Now, I understand that when Solomon wrote that, he, he, he presented a personification, if you like, of wisdom. And in this eighth chapter, he describes uh, wisdom Uh, as a woman and what we see at the beginning of the chapter is a woman standing at the city gate in a sense uh, offering instructions uh, imploring people to think about how they live their lives and how they honor God and how does that happen well she says I speak the truth I live righteously kind of the same terminology right that Paul used in describing Jesus Uh, understanding the precious nature of wisdom and all the quality that wisdom makes to enhance our lives. Uh, The voice of the woman encourages us to do away with pride, to do away with arrogance, and to live justly and to receive the riches uh, as a result. So uh, if we allow uh, wisdom to, to enfold us, to take a hold of us, Solomon says here, through the voice of this woman, and I would say through the life of Jesus Christ, then uh, our lives will be richer if we understand this wisdom. Now all of this stands in opposition to the picture that Solomon paints in chapter seven. There we have another personification of a woman. She's described as an adulteress. And so I think we see kind of the balance here between light and dark, between life and death, And in uh, chapter seven, that adulteress kind of lurking in the darkness uh, encourages people uh, away from the life of truth and to come to a place, as you read it, where you see ultimately uh, it is only death. It is not life. And so we're presented in these couple of chapters with choices. And isn't that all of life for us? We're always at a place where we have to make choices. I mean, ultimately, when uh, you listen to a message, a Christian message, you're gonna be confronted with, what are you choosing? Are you choosing life or are you choosing death? Will you give your life to Jesus Christ, even though you may not understand all about it? Or are you gonna go and continue to struggle uh, the way you are in your life? Are you seeking freedom or are you seeking bondage? And so somewhere, even on this day, we are all gonna be confronted by that. Do I choose Jesus Christ or do I choose the world? Do I take the wisdom of the world or do I take the wisdom of God as he has shown us through his son, Jesus Christ? So we're caused to make a choice between human wisdom and godly wisdom. And ultimately, we're the ones that make those decisions. So do we choose God or we do, do we choose the world? It's really quite that simple. So we have to sort of look at our lives as what really matters to us. Uh, are we caught in the lie of the world, which is very strong in the area in which we're living? Are we caught in the lie of the world that says it is about my title? It's about my position. It's about where I live. It's about who I associate with. It's about the persona uh, that I offer to the world. It, it's about the treadmill that we live on. Uh, you know, When we leave the Bay Area, uh, I notice that my driving changes. I, I drive a little bit slower. As soon as I get back across any of the bridges and I'm back here, it's everything is speed. Everything is I want to get somewhere quickly, even if I'm not in a hurry to get there. And it kind of comes back to something that Paul has said a little bit earlier. Um, uh, in uh, Corinthians, when he he says to us, uh, uh, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. What is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. So it comes back to what choices do we make and how do we view wisdom? Where is wisdom coming from? Uh, is it uh, as we look at the expanse of the world around us or is it as we Keep our eyes focused up towards the things of God. Well, again, we are all uh, invited to make uh, that decision. You know, this last year and a half during the pandemic uh, hasn't it been true that we've all had to make choices. We we still have to make all kinds of choices, just regarding the pandemic, and the 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 choices are: do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? I, I was just having a conversation with someone, uh, and th- th- that choice is still complicated. So we go to a store and, uh, yeah, do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? Uh, we're told we don't have to, but you go into a store and everybody's wearing them. And so what do you do? Well, we make an arbitrary choice. I'm not wearing a mask, and I don't care how many people around me are. Or uh, the other way, I'm wearing a mask, and it doesn't matter to me. But but it's it's always decisions. It's do we follow the state rules? Do we not? Uh, a couple of weeks ago in church, we taped everything off, everything was socially distanced, everybody had to wear a mask. One week later, uh, the tape is gone, the masks are gone, and here we are, worshiping God together. Uh, but somewhere, we have to make choices. And folks are still making choices. They're still not sure whether they should actually come uh, to, to, to the worship place, to the church. And everyone has the right to make those choices, right? And uh, that is the freedom we have. So. I just want to reiterate, life is full of choices. What do we do? Well, I'm at a point in my life, uh, probably because of my age and partly because of my faith, that I have come to the conclusion that I cannot rely on myself and I can't follow the wisdom of the world because it just doesn't work. The wisdom of the world comes to an end, a, a blank wall, if you like. But the wisdom of God takes me further. As I explained a moment ago about my friend who is dying, uh, his life is not going to come to a wall. Uh, There is more to come for him. And that's the wisdom of God. And we accept that by faith. Uh, The world here, this is not all there is. There can't be. There has to be more. But how do I know that? Well, that's a wisdom that comes to us through the Holy Spirit and it comes step by step and the older we get the more we get to lean into that presence of god and i'll tell you from the advantage of my old age i wish that younger people would rely on that kind of wisdom more and lean into god at an earlier stage in their life Um, so the source of true wisdom i have to say is jesus christ himself it's the power and the influence of God in the world in which we live. Everything we have as a people is a gift from God. The wisdom uh, to rule is God-given. Everything we have comes from him. Uh, We just need to learn to trust him. And and wisdom tells us that it is, and it is very clear in this section too, that, that God wants us to make the right choices. And he wants us to lean into him. And he wants us to be free but that freedom is also the wisdom of God that comes to us through Jesus Christ. We have the freedom to choose, ultimately. We choose to immerse ourselves in the wisdom of the world or the wisdom of God. Think about what's most important to you. Well, let me tell you that in the long run, the most important thing is the freedom and the choices that we make uh, having to do with Jesus Christ. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of baptizing uh, a little baby here in the sanctuary. It was first service I think that we had here uh, after the pandemic. And uh, as I was baptizing Harrison here in the sanctuary, I have been thinking about the decision that his parents, Melissa and Robert uh, made to ensure that that little one would grow up to know the wisdom of God in Jesus Christ. And as we stood uh, around that baptismal font at the front of the church, uh there was uh little sophia and theo uh, wide-eyed looking up at all that was happening and i had i thought that moment and i thought later on kudos to melissa and robert for realizing that uh, they want the wisdom of god to be in uh kind of enshrined in the life of little harrison and their other two children from the very beginning and so you can see from the picture the joy that is there in them, and uh, yeah, the attentiveness, uh, even of little Harrison looking up at me, wondering what on earth is happening. But what is happening is that the wisdom of God is being displayed. Uh, The Bible tells us to choose God, and for Robert and Melissa, they've chosen God and made a visible statement to their children and to all of us. Well, then the other part of the text uh, is really kind of interesting in that it talks about uh, the wisdom of God in creation. And what I see in those words is the absolute joy that is there. Uh, in the text, as we read it, uh, it, it says over and over again that wisdom slash Jesus, who was there at the beginning, took part in creation and and just exhibited incredible joy in all of that. So that's a reminder again that the wisdom of God has brought us to a place uh, of enjoyment, right? Everything that we see around us is part of his gift. That's what uh, the description is offered here in uh, Proverbs 8, that there was great joy, happiness, in everything that God made to lay at our feet and to give us. So the Bible calls us to pay attention to the wisdom of God, shown Jesus Christ in uh, our reconciliation to God and our redemption. We cannot think about the gospel, even the gospel in the Old Testament, without thinking about the fact that we are redeemed. The whole process from Genesis to Revelation is about God saving us. Saving us from, I wanna tell you, the wisdom of the world so that we would lean into the wisdom of God Uh, It is making a choice between light and darkness. It's making a choice between life and death. And so at the end of the text that I read to you, and again, you're going to have to go back and look at it, but there we have the very word of Christ coming to us, right? And um, he says, Now my children listen to me, and then blessed are those who keep my ways, and and on he goes. Well, I want to leave you with kind of three final steps. First of all, the text reminds us we are to come to God uh, with humble hearts in humility. We humble ourselves before the truth of the gospel. And it means we don't always know everything. We don't always understand of it, understand it all. Uh, our journey is a journey of faith. And a journey of faith means we don't have all the detail, but we trust God that he will reveal it to us as we need to know it. We should come to a place where I, my expression would be, we need to get over ourselves. Okay? So, all of you today, just get over yourself and think about the wisdom of God imparted through Jesus Christ. Secondly, we must listen to the voice. That, that's what is described at the end of Proverbs 8. Listen to the voice of God in our lives. The admonition is there Blessed is the person who listens to me. And I kind of think that's Jesus saying to us, please listen to what I have to tell you. Uh, That is going to be life changing for you. So we humble ourselves to say, I don't know it all. I'm going to get over myself. And then we go, okay, what am I going to hear? Well, I want to hear the voice of Jesus Christ speaking in my ear. And then what we recognize is that we need to continue to grow. As I said to you early on, I thought I knew everything and as I progress in my faith and in my age, I recognize that I know precious little. And that puts me in a place where I've got to learn more and more. And so I would say, uh, as a third point, continue to open this word. Uh, Let it become familiar to you. Learn what God has to say. And and the true wisdom of the Holy Spirit will fill your hearts and your minds. And that's what we've got. Again, I just want to close by encouraging you to read chapter 7 and 8, 9, 10, 11. Read it all, uh, but read it with open eyes and open hearts. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you so much for uh, the reminder of us that you have so much to say to us. Uh, and we are at a place where we need to hear it. We need to learn it. So would you, uh, Lord, in fact, open our hearts and our minds Help us to come humbly before you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us to listen to you, to the way that you speak to us through the events of our lives, through the choices that we make. And then finally, Father, through this word that you've chosen to speak, may we have open hearts and open minds. We pray it in your son's precious name. Amen.